Welcome to the I Work For Him Power Pod. I'm Michael Miracle, producer for I Work For Him, the voice of the faith and work movement. We are on mission to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. Each quick listening power pod is designed with you in mind and jam-packed with kingdom resources to help you connect your faith and work. How will this impact your workplace? Let's find out right now. We've been on the air for six and a half years, but my heart is that of an insurance agent. I loved helping people to find peace of mind for that unpredictable tomorrow, but I digress. Sales. Is there a difference? Is there really a difference in how a Christian salesperson should act versus a pre-believer? And over my 25 years of being an insurance agent, I saw the good and bad and ugly of insurance sales. I saw people go to jail and I saw people get rich and I saw a bunch of really great professionals doing their job really, really well. But the question is, should the heart of a Christian salesperson be different in their job than that of a pre-believer? Dave Kale wrote a book that said, that is the heart of a Christian salesperson. And we invited him here to discuss what he found so we all could benefit from that attitude and that paradigm shift. Because so many of us are in sales. In fact, most of us are in sales of one type or another. But does our heart reflect all that Jesus is to us? And is Jesus reflected in our methods and our attitudes and our delivery? So we welcome Dave Kale back to I Work For Him. Dave, thanks for joining us again. You know, Martha and I, we, we've been in sales most of our lives. Of course, me, literally, since I was a little kid. So it's one of those things that that I just get it. I understand how important it is that our faith impacts our work. But talk to us about your work history. What led you to be writing this book, The Heart of a Christian Salesperson? What's your work history, and how did your faith impact that work? Wow. Uh, so um, the, the, a long history started back like you, Jim. I started when I was very young. My first my first employment as a salesperson, 17 years old. I was a kid going to college looking for a summer job. And uh, there was a company called Jewel Tea Company that sold uh, housewives uh, 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 groceries and housewives, things like that, to housewives on a, on a route. And um, they needed uh, people to run the vacation routes when the guys were were on vacation, and that was me. So I got a job selling groceries and housewives and things like that to housewives on a route. That was my first kind of tiptoe into the world of sales. And after that, you know, I, I sold again, just like you, I sold many different things. Uh, I worked my way through college, working full time and going to school full time, selling men's clothing, suits and sport coats in a retail uh, situation uh, under, under straight commission. And then my first full-time professional situation, I sold amplification equipment to classrooms of hearing-impaired children, yeah, of all things. And then I went for that. This is probably the strangest thing I sold. So for a number of years, I sold surgical staplers to surgeons in, in the operating room. Uh, and lots, lots of stories there. And then I found myself, and then for a while, I, I like to say I sold people. I was a recruiter, a sales recruiter. <laughs> Uh, filling sales jobs, and uh, then uh, I got into distribution sales and sold for a medical supply distributor. And from there, I went uh, from that job to sales management and divisional management. And then, gee, a long time ago, I said, you know, I, I, I know how to grow sales territories. In my in my tenure as a salesperson, I was uh, number one salesperson in the nation for two different companies in two totally distinct industries. So I thought I thought I was pretty good at sales. Thought I knew how to teach it. And so I went into private practice in 1988, 
as uh, as a sales consultant and a sales trainer and speaker and author and so on. And uh, that's that's what I've been doing ever since. So over the last gee thirty years, I've been uh, in forty. I've presented in forty seven states and eleven countries. Written thirteen books, and one of them is, of course, the heart of a Christian salesperson, which is which is really near and dear to me. Mm-hmm. So in a nutshell, that's my that's my background. So as we um, connect that to the conversation I, on I Work For Him, did you always understand the connection between your faith and your work and that you didn't have to be a pulpit pastor in order to be um, fulfilling a ministry that God had for you? Oh, no, I sure I sure didn't. First of all, I was uh, converted relatively late in life. I guess I was uh, 24, 25 years old. Okay. And, um, and I, just like a lot of people do, I mean, I got immediately involved in the church. And I, and I, and I very clearly, I don't know if anybody ever said this to me, but I very clearly saw that there were these two classes of people. There were the, the paid, what I call now the, you know, the professional Christians, which were the ministers and pastors and worship leaders and all that. And mm-hmm. then there was everybody else. And I, and I wasn't everybody else. Mm-hmm. I, I, for a long time, I saw myself as a second-class Christian, and there really, really there wasn't any connection uh, other than what I thought between what I did on the job and what I did uh, as a Christian. I mean, I, you know, I lived in that mentality for, gee, a number of years. So it wasn't, it wasn't until, um, gee, sometime a little bit later uh, that I began to see that um, there were there were issues in the church, and that um, God is is far bigger than what uh, people were saying about you know God, it's God's house and this is God's word. No, it, no, it was it wasn't God's house; it was a building. God's bigger than a church building. I began to see my responsibility, my role as a Christian in the in the marketplace. So it took a while, you know, maybe 10 years or something like that before I began to come to those conclusions. So once you came to that, once you realized that there was no such thing as a second-class citizen in the kingdom, that your work in sales, your work in management was just as significant. In fact, you had a, access to a lot more pre-believers than the pastor did, typically. How did your faith start to shape your work? Well, I began to see that uh, I could I could be a force for the kingdom just by being uh, a, a solid Christian in my work. That I would attract people who were attracted to somebody who did business with integrity and and honesty and fairness, and I, I began to attempt as as best I could to exhibit those. And, and then, you know, it was, a, it was a process. It was a growing process. I saw, for example, we did, we did a number of short-term mission trips to South Africa, and, and I saw that uh, because I was a, a Christian business person, that I was, uh, I was held in higher regard because I was, uh, you know, I had some achievements in business. So pe- people respected the business accomplishment it gave me more credibility so i had i had instant credibility because i was a business person and uh i began i began to see all that and i began to realize the responsibility to be a christian in the in the marketplace in, ni- in 1994 i wrote a mission statement saying this business my business is dedicated to god we are we are a steward of god what god has given us and I began to be uh, to verbalize that, and that was you know that was in 1994. So mm. it was a great. It wasn't it wasn't a one time event. It was a gradual growth process over time. 
You know, I imagine you ran across lots and lots of different types of salespeople. People who called themselves Christians, yet when you saw them sell, that didn't. you saw a disconnect there. Is, yeah. is that why you wrote the book, or what was the reason why you wrote the book, The Heart of a Christian Salesperson? Well, the reason I wrote the book is honestly because the Holy Spirit just really <laughs> put it on my heart to do that. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a writer by inclination and giftedness. So, uh, it, it, but this was the most difficult book to write because it was so incredibly personal. You know, all my other mm. books, uh, sales books, are about sales. This is about me, you know. And so it was, it was really difficult uh, for me to, to write it. And uh, it, it was an attempt, I think, to tell one person's story. Here's one guy who happened, you know, maybe to be a little higher visibility than a lot of them, but, and and my struggle to come to the point where I I really, truly saw myself as a minister in the Lord's kingdom, ministering through my work as in the marketplace. So before we dig into the book a little bit more, The Heart of a Christian Salesperson, who is the book written to? Who are you hoping will pick it up? Um, everybody out there that is a salesperson, or, or who is it for? No, it's, it's uh, written for Christian salespeople, you know, believers okay. and seekers, I would say, uh, uh, who, who, who just want to dig a little deeper, who have some you know, this nagging thought that maybe their job has more impact and, and more potential impact for the kingdom than what they're seeing right this hmm. moment. Okay. And, it, and it, it was an attempt, it was an attempt to really remove people's uh, hindering paradigms. You know, the, the biggest reason why a lot of Christian salespeople don't see themselves as, as ministers is in their own heads, because they've got ideas that have been put there over the years if I could remove those ideas, I could unleash, help unleash the spirit within them. And that really was the intention. And Dave Kelly, you've got a, a, a new course getting ready to launch here at the end of the month. Well, talk to us about this course that people can sign up for. Yeah, it's called the Christian Salesperson's Course. And it's, uh, it's just that. So it's, it's a course, first of all, in uh, excellence in B2B sales. And that's, of course, that's been how I've made my living for the last uh, 30 years is, is helping business-to-business business salespeople sell better. And that's the heart of this course, because I believe sales, Christian salespeople, when they become excellent, they will get more impact and uh, more visibility. And so that's a, that's a path to greater impact. So number one, it's the best practices of, business, of the best business-to-business business salespeople. Now, on top of that, We've, we have folded years of content and honed it for Christian believers in the marketplace. So let's dig deep into this book, The Heart of a Christian Salesperson. Let's just answer this question first. Should a Christ follower in sales have a decidedly different set of actions, attitudes, and delivery than his or her pre-believer competition? Well, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, I look, at, I look at it like this. There are a set of principles and practices and processes that define the best salespeople, the best business-to-business salespeople. So Christian or non-Christian. Now, what, what happens is when one becomes a Christian, if you want to do well in sales, you just naturally gravitate to those. So 
it's, a, it's not a matter of Christians imitating non-Christians. It's the other way around. The best practices, the, the customer-centric, the, the uh, believing in uh, and giving an opportunity for your customer to talk and understanding your customer and all of that, which are the best practices, are really, truly Christian in their origin. So it's, it really is a matter of these, uh, the set of practices that define excellent sales and oh, by the way, they're Christian. <laughs> you know, integrity. You know, like in- integrity. Okay, so I I make a point when I'm talking to uh, the, the people that I do. You know, in seminars, things like that. I make a point that integrity is good business as well as a moral imperative. Now, if you don't believe in the moral imperative, that's okay. You can still believe in it that it's good business. So it's a good business practice. And, and pre-believers ought to be imitating the best practices, and that's one. And all of those practices are Christian in their, in their uh, inception. So what do you, when you talk about that, then what do you find that Christ followers are really struggling with in the area of sales? Yeah, well, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of things. Of course, there's, there's the environment, there's their colleagues, and... Uh, uh, this this world of uh, competition and, and all that. But I think ultimately, the ultimate struggle for a Christian salesperson is this. We are taught a Christian ethic to allow God to take care of the outcomes. You know, we're obedient in the process and let God take care of the outcomes. However, in sales, we are measured and judged by outcomes. So how do you how do you as a Christian salesperson navigate this this really difficult moving line that is the distinction between being judged and driven and managed for outcomes in your job and at the same time understanding that it's God who gives you those outcomes from a Christian perspective and that's a that's a really difficult uh, conflict. Boy, I'll tell you, I, uh, very many of the same that you just uh, described, Jim. I mean, I had exactly the same kinds of uh, thoughts. So a, a couple of things. One is um, to be not, uh, and I know this sounds almost um, like a conflict, but do not be so much concerned about outcomes. Be more focused on the process. So, so your process is customer-centric. Your process is being honest in how you present to be concerned and caring and how you uh, and how you discover uh, your your process is you have to be uh, you have you have to be honest enough to say to somebody no I don't think my product is right for you mm. you know and so so the pro- so what you do is focus on the process not necessarily the outcome and make sure that you're doing your interactions are at the highest caliber interactions and really truly let the Lord take care of the outcomes and if you focus on the process you are going to get the outcomes that's 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 a that's a fundamental truth in sales. If you do if you do the basics right, the you know the good things are going to come. So focus on the process, not so much the outcomes, and do, and do what you do to the very highest level that you can. Now there are some situations like yours that you just described, where you know when it comes down to it, you really should be someplace else. You know, this is not this this particular company, this particular this situation is just not what you want. And I, I had one of those. You know, I had I had um, a moral moral problems with the company I was with, and eventually I left because I 
you know, I couldn't represent, I, I couldn't misrepresent, which is what they wanted me to do, and I wouldn't do that. So there comes a time, I think, for a lot of Christian salespeople to say, you know what, I'm not going to be with this company. This, this, this is not a situation that's tenable. So a couple things. One is, you know, process, process orientation and focus versus outcome. And if you're in a situation you just, it's just untenable, then don't be afraid to leave. You're listening to I Work Room with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Our workplace is our mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at IWorkForHim.com. Stay connected and receive power pack content when you sign up for our blog at IWorkForHim.com or follow us on social media at IWorkForHim. And finally, if today's message inspired you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review helps launch more workplace missionaries across the nation. That's at IWorkForHim and online, IWorkForHim.com.